0: Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you To him be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Man, thanks be to God. All right, an amazing passage today. A a pretty well-known prayer, Um, and you know, you were mentioning um, from earlier in the Book of Ephesians the the great prayers of Paul, and this is certainly one of them. And so you know, hopefully uh, most of us have heard this, you know, the breadth, the length, the height, and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses surpasses all knowledge um, and then this, you know to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So definitely some amazing high points here. Oh, yes. and uh, you know, I do love like I feel like the uh, the epistles have really become these like battlegrounds theologically, surrounding woman's roles or, you know, sort of order of salvation, predestination, kind of stuff like that. And it's, it's a shame that we've made such a uh, boxing rings out of them because, mm-hmm. you know, we really should just be so comforted by the love of Christ, you know, and that should be the groundwork from which we go into those other more confusing topics. So Thomas, we're here, we're in the latter half of Ephesians chapter three. What are your thoughts on Uh, this prayer of Paul for the saints in Ephesus. Well, I,
1: there's so much here. This is one that, um, I mean, I have preached sermons on, used it in sermons. Um, I used this in a, uh, Tuesday night, not long ago in the benediction, the last two verses. Yeah. Um, the Lord's in very kind ways, um, reminded me of several of these verses at times. And so the, this just, this passage means a lot to me. Uh, I think, there's probably two big ideas that just jump off the page mm-hmm. in a condensed format like the ODR. Yeah. Um, and so we can talk about a bunch of stuff, but two the two big ideas that really jump off the page to me is verse nineteen, um, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Yep. That one jumps off the page. That surpassing knowledge um, reminds me of First Corinthians thirteen a lot. And uh, and then the last one, verse 21, to him be the glory in the church. Hmm. That um, That is such, that one just jumps off the page in a very personal way. Um, just because we can glory in our performances, we can glory in our attendance, we can glory in our buildings, we can glory in a lot of things, but to him be the glory in the church um, really runs countercultural to a lot of what we esteem in christianity currently mm, absolutely um, and so <clears throat> there's a bunch of stuff but i i would i'd love to chat about just for a minute like how the love of christ surpasses knowledge and what what even does that mean kind of plumb the depths of that for a second
0: yeah you, you know that it's very thought-provoking so we tend to think of god's glory and his love you know and, mm-hmm. or his holiness and his love and um uh, I think all of us would feel a degree of unfamiliarity surrounding the idea of holiness and glory. Uh, because you know, yeah. we, we would think of ourselves and other people as not, you know, necessarily glorious. Like even people I care a lot about. That's right. Like, I wouldn't tell somebody like, dude, Thomas is glorious. And He's I, a glorious I, uh, man. I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And uh it would be it would be a weird vibe to be that way to, to for me to likewise
1: that let me text a few people just real quick yeah yeah, yeah. correct some stuff
0: um but you know so i think we all have a grip on the idea that we we don't fully comprehend glory and holiness mm-hmm. but i think love we feel like we're pretty good at we feel pretty familiar with the idea of love yeah and so i think we can you know i i mean i'm not even going to speak for all of us i'll just speak for myself but as i was thinking about this I was just thinking, you know, to say that Christ's love surpasses knowledge, I often, if I'm honest with myself, I tend to think that the holiness and glory of God surpasses my knowledge. And that's kind of easy for me to palette. Yeah. But like, I feel like I have a pretty firm grasp on like, Jesus loves me, you know? And I, I think the love of God, I have a pretty good understanding of. And it's like the holiness and glory and, you know, all the other mysterious stuff that I need to wrap my yeah. head around. Yeah. And it is actually... For me, at least, maybe I'm the only person who's going to have this revelation, which um, that's fine. You know, maybe I'm just behind. But (laughs) to say that Christ's love surpasses my knowledge as much as his glory does is actually, it, it puts me back in square one in a really awesome way. Yes. Because, you know, I think that's where we can kind of run into these paradigms of thinking Jesus loves me, but does he actually like me? You know, and- and Oh, 100%. Is Jesus happy to, like, is he willing to forgive me of my sins, but, you know, he's he's kind of looking at me with this disapproval and this unimpressed glare and, you know, these crossed arms. And so I think all of that comes from this idea that we think we fully understand the love that Jesus has for his church. So that we, we think we fully understand the love that put Jesus on the cross for us, and the fact is, is that we just we don't comprehend it, and it mm-hmm. it far outstrips our understanding and our wisdom, and that's an amazing humility for us to rest in.
1: What well, I think that's so well said and one hundred percent accurate, um, and so I, I think of First Corinthians thirteen in particular. Let me just read those first couple of verses Please. to refresh our memory. It starts off and it says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, so if I speak in tongues, um, whether it's a prayer language or tongues of other nations, um, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if I'm the wisest and the smartest and the most well-read, And if even if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Mm. You think about that compared to the love of God, which surpasses knowledge. I think what you're describing is almost like a helplessness being caught up in the raging rapids of God's love. Yeah. Deeper, wider, higher. Mm -hmm. longer than I can even imagine. And and I need to kind of unlearn some things like you just mentioned. That whole idea of, yes, God's going to forgive me because he has to by his nature, but at the same time, is he kind of frustrated that that is his nature? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's actually not true. And that surpasses my ability to know. Mm. I I I can't even know that kind of love.
0: Mm. You know, Paul, he says, he uses this phrase in 17 as he's getting to that powerful statement about Christ's love. So so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend. And he goes into it. Hmm. But I think that's interesting. That Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith with that you being rooted and grounded in love. And, you know, I've found this to be really true as, um, you know, in college, I never like walked away from the faith, but I certainly went through choppy waters of not knowing what to or how to believe sure. and just kind of hang on by a thread. And the what really launched and protected that like rebuilding season and has kind of carried into where I am today is knowing there's so many mysteries and so many things about God, things about scripture, things about the human experience that we can't wrap our understanding around. But if you can just be convinced that God loves you, and if you can accept the cross as a symbol, as a token, and as proof of that love, then Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. And it doesn't mean all the mysteries snap into place, but it gives you the strength to, to walk forward into them. And to be okay with the tension and then to, you know, you start to gain clarity on some of that, some of those things you start to learn, you start to put pieces together, but some things remain ambiguous, um, either Mm. indefinitely or for longer seasons. Mm. But if you know that Christ loves you, that's what you can come back to is, you know, I don't fully understand X. I don't fully understand why God would say Y or Z, but. I know that he died for me. I know that he rose again and welcomes me into fellowship with him and that he delights in showing mercy. That's one of, one of my favorite like little phrases from scripture that God delights in showing mercy, Like he finds joy in showing mercy to me. Yeah, yeah. And so ca- can I really stay so angry at a God who doesn't make sense in my small mind, but I know that he has such a great love for me. And so I think it, it's mm-hmm. not just like we should have this warm, fuzzy feeling about Jesus, but it's like, I can't imagine... I cannot imagine a life of faith not being convinced of the love of Jesus.
1: Well, that, that kind of makes me think of the old T-shirt, Smile, God Loves You. <laughs> People made it onto little pins and wow. stuff. We should, um, and, uh, we should bring it back. And we should bring it back. And then it kind of reminds me of the old Brennan Manning sermon, sermon where he uh, he preached a sermon, and it was actually a turning point in Rich Mullen's life. Oh. Um, he listened to it on a cassette yep. in his Jeep. And in the sermon, Brennan says, I think God's only going to ask us one question and one question only when we get to heaven. And, you know, Rich is listening to this in his Jeep and he's mm. like, What question's God going to ask us? And uh, he said, I think God's going to ask us, Did you really believe I loved you? Mm. And mm. he said, Most folks are going to say, Well, honestly, sir, I didn't. Mm. He said, But a few, the real Christians, are going to say, Yes, Lord. I did. I don't understand it, but I did. Mm. And it just brought Rich, pulled over it in his Jeep on the side of the road and took the tape and like held onto it and just weeping because mm. he started to become convinced of the love of God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think it just a good thought to close on to is, uh, this is a, a prayer that Paul is praying for the saints in Ephesus And I think our instinct with things like this is to like insert ourselves into the audience side, which is fine. I mean, that's great. Um, But we should also be praying this for those around us and for our churches and for the lost. Yes. You know, and I would say like, if you can only put yourself in the receiving end of like in Ephesians 13, like you just want your eyes to be open to the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ, mm-hmm. but you don't really care about, uh, you know, like your coworker or your best friend or your parents or whoever, you know, you, you, you really just don't care about their eyes. Like that doesn't come to mind that, that it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that, you know, we need to reorient how we view passages like this because I think most of us have been trained to come to this with like a me-centric, totally we have narcissetical framework, and uh, we we should take away from this that God loves us. But if you're closing yourself off to pity for, like compassion for the lost, and you know jealous a jealous heart for God's church, mm. um, then you're the love of Christ is clearly not fully clicking into place. And uh, I would say as you pursue that. You know, I've found, and the more that I care about this spiritual health and salvation of our people, the more I am convinced of Jesus's love for me. Mm. And so, yes, it's one of those weird things where, in seeking other people's welfare, you find your own. Um, so, mm. you know, may may this prayer be true of you, um, but would it also be something that a sword that you take out of Paul's hands and, and wield for yourself today? I'm so good. So for Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow on our daily rhythm.